give people a safe environment where they don't have to do and they can just learn to be, then they can begin to inherit authenticity in Christ alone. And so what we're doing right now is just creating that environment. We want to host presence, the presence of God extravagantly so that people can have an atmosphere of encounters. And in those encounters, that's where you get identity. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Today I have Mark Casto with me. Mark is the author of two books, When Misfits Become Kings, and his most recent, which is called Liar, Exposing Myths in Spiritual Warfare. Uh, Mark is based in Covington, Georgia, where he pastors a church called Shepherd's Tent. That's a very interesting name. He's planting this church in Georgia along with his wife, Destiny. So we welcome you, Mark, to the show today. Thank you for having me. Well, you have quite a story. Uh, you've, <laughs> <laughs> you've traveled, you've preached the gospel around the world for like 10 years, and uh, now you're based in Covington, Georgia. Now, what happened along the way? That's a big <laughs> question right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there, that's a really big question, but I, I think I can answer it uh, I hope I can answer it uh, fairly quickly, but like you said, 10 years traveling on the road, I was, I found myself behind the, the pulpit at my dad's church at 19, and then by 22, we were already serving uh, in an international ministry and having an international impact, and so I found myself on some really big platforms really young, mm-hmm. and, um, and just started a, a really uh, significant pace, not only where we um, leading a local expression, but I was traveling about 42 weekends out of the year and spending about six weeks out of the country. And that's not only as, you know, leading a local expression plus the evangelistic thrust, but I was also, uh, you know, I, I am a husband and I'm a father of three. And anyone that has kids knows that's a full-time job mm-hmm. <laughs> for anyone. So now, I myself, uh, may I ask how old you are now? I am 33 years old. So, okay. I, uh, turned 34 next birthday. But so, like I said, I got tossed into this really young. And um, the way the way I like to put it is, um, while many people would look on the outside and see ministerial success, my interior world was caving in because I found myself where the ministry outgrew my identity in Christ. And so I found myself on really on a treadmill of performance, where I was addicted to the ministry, studying to preach, studying, you know, to to be used of God, and wasn't cultivating the intimacy necessary to carry on that ministry. And so I had to take a real heart check in 2015. And, you know, after suffering for about three or four years out of that spirit of performance, um, struck finding myself with panic and anxiety attacks, and uh, just just in a place where fear gripped me, and it was all coming out of that lack of identity and knowing the love of God. So, so basically, in 2015, after doing this for several years, um, the Lord just made it very clear that with a real um, heart check, and and it took a lot of humility to admit that I needed to sit 
and I needed to get my heart conquered in the gospel and how Jesus truly feels about me. And so we were afforded that opportunity in 2015. We packed up our bags and loaded up the U-Haul and headed to South Carolina um, to get joined to our apostle Damon Thompson there and his wife Tammy and to be a part of Carolina Revival. And it was there where I got to, I, I found a safe place to call home um, and then got to get joined to a spiritual father that cared about me and my health and my well-being and my marriage and my children. And, you know, he really, um, God used that man to really create a safe place for Desi and I to get really rooted in beloved identity. And so in 2015, about December of 2015, is when I had what I call a my born again, again experience, <laughs> where it was like Jesus walked in the room and baptized my heart in his love. And the gospel came alive in a new way. And I started learning who I was away from the pulpit and the microphone. And I found out who Mark was. And I found out who I was as beloved. And um, it took me on a radical journey um, into radical provision um, just miracles of God and getting us rooted in a lifestyle of devotion that eventually sent us to where we are now, and we're one year into planting the shepherd's tent. Well, it's a beautiful thing when God takes us from that kind of performance mentality to what it really means to be his child. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, as a young man, you know, growing up in Pentecostal charismatic world, you know, if if you were passionate for Jesus, you know, the first thing that people wanted to do is put you right behind the, the pulpit and, and let you express that passion. And, you know, that's why Paul said, you know, don't put a novice up there, um, mm-hmm. lest he be lifted up in pride. Because Paul knew that the tendencies of any young man is to to perform well um, and to, you know, with without knowing who he is, you know, ministry opportunities will open up because, we're especially in this generation where the church is more concerned with gifting than they are character. <laughs> and we we've all seen the devastating effects of that on the American church where we have a group of people that um you know are like, very gifted and then years down the road we find their marriage is falling apart, their children wanting nothing to do with them and then eventually some of them walking away from the ministry. And so, you know, after being in that ministry world for so long and looking in the eyeballs of lots of men and women who have done great things for the kingdom, but there was a hollowness in their eyes. And the Lord just spoke to me one day. I'll never forget. It was in a green room with, with a, a handful of significant movers and shakers in the kingdom. And the Lord asked me, he said, you know, um, you're on the same path that they're on in 20 years. Do you want your life looking like that? And I had to make a decision in that moment, you know, and so in that moment, I wanted to be, I said, all I want is I want my intimacy with Jesus back. I want to be a faithful husband to the best of my ability to be a a husband of honor. And I want to be a loving father and I want to be intimately involved in the details of my children. And so it was a big, big change in 2015 um, and a lot of trust that had to go into that to just 
we didn't leave in 2015 from Tennessee and go find the next opportunity. We literally went to get established in beloved identity. And I thought, um, you know, I might end up having to flip hamburgers at McDonald's. There was no promise of a job or a leadership position. I sincerely went to learn what it meant to be rooted in the love of God. Hmm. So how are you conveying that love of God and how that changed you to other people now, to other leaders and people in your church, perhaps? Well, that's what birthed um, the shepherd's tent um, uh, today, you know, is to, I had a radical experience in 2016, the fall of 2016, um, where the Lord um, asked our kingdom family there in South Carolina to just immerse ourselves for three months in the Song of Solomon. Hmm. And I literally sat around my fire pit for days and days and hours and hours and just reading the the Song of Solomon and um, just immersing myself in that book. And around that fire pit and in that fall of 2016, I realized that Jesus was never going to let me talk him out of loving me, <laughs> mm. that I ravished his heart, that that one glimpse from my eyes, it just ravished him. And the Lord just started showing me how he felt about me. And in the very first chapter of Song of Solomon is where you get the conversation. You can find this in the Passion Translation or in the New Living Translation. Um, you kind of put these two together. And the whole story begins with the Shulamite, you know, wanting to engage the the bridegroom king. And when the bridegroom king began to engage back with the Shulamite, she first asks for the kisses of his lips and then ends up once the bridegroom king's affection and attention was turned towards her, then she began to look, rather than look at the affection in his eyes, she began to look at the darkness of her heart. And that's when she starts making all of these excuses why she couldn't be loved and why no one should look at her and why she couldn't be an example. And then she finally says, well, listen, you know, you can at least tell me where I can find rest. And the shepherd king says, if you ever lose sight of me, follow where I lead all of my other lovers, follow them down to the shepherd's tent. And the shepherd's tent became this place before it ever became a church in Covington, Georgia. It became a place in the spirit realm for me where the good shepherd was leading me into the heart of God and teaching me not only do does Abba see me as a son, but Jesus sees me as a bride. And so we made it our aim to, you know, from that point on, first of all, to get immersed in that revelation. And then now that we're in Covington, we're literally establishing a homestead here where sons and daughters who, you know, have been hurt by the system of religion or burnt out in the system of religion, they could literally come and find rest in an atmosphere of presence and a place where they could be loved for who they are, not for what they do to give them a place where they, just like South Carolina was for us in Carolina Revival, was a place where we could come and just get baptized in the presence of God, find out who we were as a result of that presence and this lifestyle of devotion. And then, obviously, from that place, if you give people a safe environment where they don't have to 
do and they can just learn to be, then they can begin to inherit authenticity in Christ alone. And so what we're doing right now is just creating that environment. We want to host presence, the presence of God extravagantly so that people can have an atmosphere of encounters. And in those encounters, that's where you get identity. And that's where the Lord resurrects authentic dreams. And that's where the Lord does radical things in your heart. So that's what we're doing here in Covington is providing that atmosphere for people to experience that and not putting any kind of pressure on them to perform or put them in a position, but literally provide a safe place for them to inherit authentic identity in the presence of God. That's what we're doing currently. That's a beautiful thing. I wonder, are you reaching more young people, older people, or just kind of a mix? Well, it's it's really um, primarily right now we're reaching a lot of um, 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've all, in our ministry, we've always had an anointing to bridge generations. So we have a mix, but it's primarily um, 20s and 30s. I think this message of intimacy and this message of sonship is really vital right now. And people that grew up in, you know, some of the same backgrounds as I did, you know, um, I think people are a little um, weary uh, from ministry performance and they're looking for just safe places where they can be sons and daughters. So I think that's a huge draw um, for the younger generation, just a place to be, a place to inherit that authentic identification in Christ. Uh, but we've always had an anointing to be able to bridge those generations. And um, and so we have amazing uh, people that I, they're seasoned saints that are so necessary to the growth of this younger generation. And so we believe in that Malachi 4, 5, and 6 mandate. The hearts of the fathers have to be turned to the children and the children back to the fathers. So we've always carried that um, in our heart and honored the generational um, uh, connection. And so because of that, we've inherited amazing, amazing uh, people to, to experience that in this kingdom family that the Lord's raising up in Covington. Hmm. I could see your message, you know, appealing to all different groups of people. And like you say, bridging the generations, that's a beautiful thing. So uh, in 2016, though, the Lord asked you to cancel your full itinerary. Tell us about that. (laughs) (laughs) Again, you know, in 2015, we thought, you know, okay, we'll just uh, transition to South Carolina. I'll keep my itinerary going to some extent, just, you know, because that's, I mean, we literally, that was our livelihood, was me Mm -hmm. traveling and preaching. And so we were like, you know, I'll keep some things on the schedule. But, you know, we were backing off of some of our schedule so that we could get connected there in South Carolina. Uh, But as I got in deeper into this place of encounter and the Lord started taking me through a process of formlessness where he was removing titles that man had put on me and and even causing me to reevaluate prophecies where people, I think, had a Babylonian mindset and they prophesied over my gifting rather than my identity. And that's a whole nother thing we could talk about there. But um, That sounds I pretty just, deep there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so, you know, because of people that are also in that performance paradigm, it's easy for them to see you as your gift instead of who you are. And so the Lord started taking me through this process of things and started ripping those labels off of me to the point that after being in South Carolina for about five, six months, the Lord says, 
to me, and and this is going into 2016 was probably I was getting ready to to do some pretty serious uh, events with some of my heroes, people that I've always wanted to preach for or meet or you know things like that. And the Lord says, I want you to cancel everything, and I said. <laughs> No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> that so, was your immediate reaction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I know some people, you know, with halos on uh, today would would never think that. But uh, for me, I just have to be honest. My first reaction wasn't, "Yay, let's just cancel everything." You know, this was this was more than just about money. It was there. It was opportunities. It was connecting with people that I'd always wanted to connect with. But the Lord said, "No, I want you to cancel your itinerary, and I want you to give yourself." to me fully and you're going to have to trust me and I said okay lord you know so I went to my spiritual father and I said this is what I feel like the lord has told me to do and I was hoping that he would tell me that I heard wrong but he didn't <laughs> and uh, he said um, no I think that's exactly right I think that's what the lord's saying and so I left from that meeting I made every phone call I graciously apologized and said I won't be able to attend this event or preach at this and I'm sorry for any inconvenience but I have to obey the Lord and so after I finished all of those phone calls and made all those phone calls two days later two to three days later a businessman called me and he said uh, Mark he said I was praying for you this week and he said the Lord told me to call you and ask you what you needed and I, I kind of chuckled uh, Tim you know and I said, well, I actually need a salary. I just canceled all of my appointments. And he said, well, that's exactly why I called you. And he said, uh, he, he said, give me the number and we're going to make it happen. Hmm. And since that month in 2016, um, until this very day, that businessman has paid my salary every single month. That's amazing. Radical, radical provision. And in that moment, that's when the Lord started proving to me that, I mean, how, how can you not see this, that he was more serious about us being close than he was about me going out doing something for him. And it radically revolutionized my life. And, and how could you not? It was, it was like the Lord used that moment to paint the biggest I love you in the sky to me and go, no, this is about me proving that I love you for who you are, not what you do. And so since 2016, we've had our salary paid by one man. And the only, and, and in that same regard, we were able to give our lives to just burn in prayer and live this life of devotion and be totally undistracted by ministry so that we could inherit a fresh set of blueprints for what we're doing today. So not only did we, were we able to inherit Abba's heart for us as, as, as a son and a daughter, but we were able to get the blueprints for, for the thing that, that he ultimately wanted to do in us, which was establish this family here in Covington. And you talk about this as God's crazy provision. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. You know, I, I call it crazy provision because it makes absolutely no sense. Um, it, 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 you know, I could understand a businessman calling me and saying, I want to fund you so that you can go to the nations, but a businessman say, I want to fund you so you can give yourself to the life of prayer and get Abba's heart. And then whatever he calls you to do, whenever he calls you to do it, then I'm going to stand with you until you get 
until, you know, not, not, <clears throat> there was no stipulations to it. Um, it was, it was just crazy. It didn't make any sense. And then, you know, that same businessman, once we had walked through this process for about three years in South Carolina, he got, we knew that the Lord was sending us to Covington to plant the shepherd's tent. And we didn't know how we were going to get there, how that journey was going to start. And I said, Lord, you'll just provide just like you did our salary. You'll provide what we need for the next step. And um, that same businessman called me and he said, Mark, he said, the Lord told me, you know, that that you um, were getting ready to establish something and, and I need to help you again like I did before. And he said, uh, are you sure you're going to Covington, Georgia? And I said, I absolutely am sure. And two weeks later, he sent me a picture of two lots that he bought in Covington. And he said, on these two lots, I'm going to build you your home <clears throat> so that you can get to Covington, Georgia. And so he built us an amazing home in one of the best neighborhoods in our city, right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And we have been able to establish this home um, inside of our home and gather people. Um, he built us a nice enough home where we could really have a good start um, for this expression. So again, crazy, radical provision that just doesn't make sense. And it's all the Lord proving, I believe, to me, but I believe I'm going to be one of many the Lord's going to show himself this way to, that I will provide for the authentic, the most authentic version of who you are, and I don't need you to do anything for me to make that happen. I just need you to be close. I want union more than, than function. And, and, and I've told people this. They say, well, Mark, you got to be careful with that message of, you know, not the, you know, many people get, can get upset. I've never seen so many people so offended by upholding the standard of the great commandment. But it's amazing how many people get offended by good news and the message of intimacy. And I tell people, if you get the intimacy part, you'll never struggle with the ministry part. <laughs> never. So, so you can never go too far in the great commandment. You can never go too far in union with Jesus. You can never go too far in the secret place because every man and woman throughout all of church history and Bible history, any man or woman that, draw, that drew close to the Lord, he did significant things through their life. And those people were able to testify, as I'm able to testify today, that it just doesn't make sense. And the only thing I can point back to is he chose me and he drew me close, and I said yes to the invitation, and the rest was all up to him. <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> yes, it surely is. Wow, what an amazing <laughs> testimony you have, and I thank you so much for sharing it with our listeners here at Charisma Connection. Now, where can people get in touch with you and learn more about your ministry? Yes, awesome. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. It's always amazing to have an opportunity to share the goodness of the Lord. So thank you um, for allowing me to do that. And if people want to connect with what we're doing as far as the church-wise, you can go to theshepherdstent.com. And we're working on a new site for our personal website where they can connect with our the books that I've wrote or the blogs and uh have have our own podcast there. Um, that is markcastoministries.com. And of course, people can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. Excellent. Mark, would you close us out with prayer, please? 
Absolutely, I would love to. Father, I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for the host. I thank you for her life and and for providing this opportunity for us all to experience your goodness. And Father, I pray blessing on this podcast first, because without it, this opportunity is not made available. And Father, I pray for all the listeners who continue to come and listen to this podcast. And today, I pray that your goodness would invade their life. And Father, I'm asking that the same encounters that you gave me in your love come to every listener today. People that are struggling in performance, people that are trying, they're they're working so hard to the point of burnout. I pray, Father, that they would receive the revelation that if they will draw close to you, you will draw close to them. And Father, I pray today for a fresh baptism of love and that they would be baptized not in what they do, but in who they are. And they are sons and daughters of the living God. So I pray for encounters with good news. I pray encounters with Abba's heart. And I pray encounters with the Holy Spirit who sheds abroad the love of God in our hearts. And Father, may you restore every single person who has lost their way, who has lost sight of you, who who have maybe uh, become so busy in the ministry or in their business that they've lost that intimate place with you. I pray today for a renewal of intimacy, a fresh drawing from the heart of Abba, and that they would respond and realize that they don't have to earn it. They don't have to they don't have to do anything to try to rehash the past. They just have to have a fresh yes to your invitation today and that you will truly redeem the time and restore the years that the enemy had taken from them in busyness. And Father, I bless your people in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, that's a prayer that I think everyone in our audience can relate to. Thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Mark Casto. Thank you so much for having me. And listeners, please be sure to check out his website, markcastoministries.com. Thanks for tuning in today on Charisma Connection for this important, I would even say life-changing message. Be sure and share this episode if you found it helpful in your walk with God. God bless you. The novelization of the latest Kendrick Brothers movie is the perfect gift this holiday season. Inspired by the words and prayers of a newfound friend, reluctant cross-country coach John Harrison becomes the least likely coach, helping the least likely runner attempt the impossible in the biggest race of the year. When you find your identity in the one who created you, it will change your whole perspective. What do you allow to define you? Stop by OvercomerNovel.com to buy the book based on the hit movie Overcomer and to unlock exclusive content. That's OvercomerNovel.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.